Let's look at um, Matthew 6.19. We started a series last week that we called Our Source. Our Source. And if you didn't hear that message, I encourage you to go back and listen to those messages. The easiest way to listen to them is on the podcast. I mean, it's on our website, but if you are familiar with podcasts, and if you go to that, then you can download them, you can pause them and come back a week later. It's still in the same place. That's the best way, but however you listen to it, if you haven't heard it, go back and listen to it. Matthew 6, verse 19. Matthew 6, verse 19. It says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Verse 22, The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If, there, if therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Verse 24, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on, it is not life, more than food, and the body more than clothing. Verse 26, Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow, sow nor reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Notice that. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? Now all this is in context. This all goes together. And we'll cover, I believe, different parts of this and dive into it. But just notice all this is how it's flowing. Verse 28, so why, so verse 27, which, which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? Verse 28, so why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, and will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Verse 31, therefore do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, or the people without God. For your heavenly Father knows you need all these things, but seek first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Verse 34, therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So I want to go back and cover a little bit of this and call some things out to you that we're going to focus on this morning, and then we'll go forward. But notice, like I said, all these, all this, th these verses go together. They all go together. It's one flow. It's, it, Jesus is saying, I'm going to take, I, your father takes care of you. You know, he is God, but he's walking as a, a man anointed by the Holy Spirit. But he is God, but he's referring to the father saying, he'll take care of you. He talks about not trying, that you cannot serve two masters. He says, don't, don't worry about what, um, 
what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat, and all these things. But it all is flowing together. Verse, um, let's go ahead, let's just look at verse 26. It says, look at the birds of the air. So he's talked about before, you know, lay up treasures in heaven. He says you can't serve two masters. You're, you know, you can't serve God and money. You're going to serve one or the other. And then he says, uh, verse, go back to verse 25, actually. We'll pick up there. Therefore, he's saying all these things. Then he says, therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than clothing and the body more or more than food and the body more than clothing? Well, the answer to that is yes. It's more than food and more than clothing. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, for a baby is the closest thing you have. I mean, they're worried about what are they going to eat. They ain't even worried about, they don't even know what clothing is. But if you take their clothes, you know, like if you ever had a baby when you're changing their diaper and it's kind of cold and, you know, you may be changing their diaper and if you didn't put a blanket down and it's that cold vinyl or something, they, they, they're conscious of the fact that they're not clothed. They don't know what's going on. But if you want to wake a baby up, you know, if they're falling asleep, you know, take their little onesie off while you're changing their diaper and it wakes them up. But, so with a baby, they don't do a lot. They sleep, they eat, they go to the bathroom, repeat. But life is more than that. You know, as you go on, you understand it's not just what you ate and what you have to wear, right? Verse 26, look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into bonds, barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Talking about the birds, he's, he's talking to people, but he's saying, you know, isn't life more than food and clothing? And he said, look at, look at the birds. They don't sow nor reap. In other words, they don't have crops that they're tending, but your heavenly Father feeds them. And, you know, the unbelievers say, well, that's just the way everything is. I mean, it just is, and, you know, they have to, to go out and get their food. That's unbelief. God designed it. God designed the world. It's a fallen world. What, we have to remind ourselves and understand what we view when you see things, well, this isn't right, that isn't right. Yeah, it's in a fallen state. This isn't what God designed. And even in its fallen state, it's beautiful in so many cases. The mountains, the sunset, the ocean, the trees. This is a fallen world. So yeah, you see animals killing one another and stuff. And there are animals that starve and things. This is a fallen world. The Bible says when all this stuff is fixed, the lion will lay down next to the lamb. That's going to be over. That death and destruction, that's not the way it was originally. But we live in a different state. So, but even in this state, Birds are taken care of. God set it up. And he's saying, your heavenly Father feeds them. They're not tending a farm. But God feeds them. And he says, are you not, more, uh, are you not of more value than they? Now we're going to get into this today. Notice what he said right before. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Your mind gets, well, of course, 
Are you? We have to add, we need to get it deep, not just superficial, because where does the worry come from? Oh, sure, I'm more valuable. Are you? Have you ever had the thought, am I going to be taken care of? Am I going to have all I need? Will I run out? Will this happen? Where do those thoughts come from? If, you, if we really believe that we're taken care of, that we're of more value than the birds, then uh, we're going to be secure knowing that God will take care of us. Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? Verse 28, so why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field. They, how they grow, neither the, they, they neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Verse 31, therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father, says it again, knows you need all these things. Your heavenly Father knows you need all these things. I want to focus on that today. God as our Father. We need to understand He is, as a Christian, He is our Father. Jesus is saying, your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Verse 34, therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Uh, Luke 12, 29, you don't have to turn there. This is just uh, another account of this same passage here. Luke uh, 12, 29 says, and do not seek what you should eat, what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind. For all these things the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knows you need these things. But seek the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. Do not fear, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Do not fear, little flock. Say, well, I'm such and such years old. I've been around. <laughs> Compared to him, you're not even like a, a one-year-old. Relatively to God, who's been around forever, I don't care if you're 100 years old, 100 years to infinity is nothing. 100 years old to a million, nothing. No, we don't, we don't know. We don't know him as we're going to know him. And we're never going to know everything there is to know about him. Just think of it. He's infinite. He's always been. You're going to be around forever. And you're not going to exhaust him. There's never going to come a day where you're like, well, I know everything. I know everything about God. I know everything about the universe. That, that will never happen. Because to do that, you would be at, at his level. Our minds cannot comprehend that. That's who we're dealing with. And he said, Do not fear, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. We read this. You don't have to turn to these. I'm going to read some scriptures I read last week. Psalm 121. I will lift, verse 1, I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. 
the Lord our Father. As a Christian, He's our Father who made heaven and earth. James 1 verse 16 says, Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Verse 17, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Philippians 4.19 says, And my God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Notice, Paul is saying, my God, he, he makes it personal. Well, we're going to read more scriptures to the effect, but you can say, my God and my Father, my Daddy, will supply all your needs, according to, he's talking to somebody else, but notice, he knows who his God is. This isn't, Mommy's God or Daddy's God or Preacher on TV's God or your pastor's God. This is my God. He's my Father. He'll take care of me. Not just generally. He might take care, you know, uh, people, you have thoughts. Well, he may take care of here, this person, that person, but will he take care of me? Those are lies. The devil's crafty. He knows how to get to you. He knows how to try to push your buttons. The way to combat him is with the word and knowledge of the truth. That's it. Don't try to go with your head. Don't try to go with emotion. Don't try to out-argue him. Just give You have to know the word, because that's true. Your father is infinitely greater than Satan. Satan is nothing compared to God. Nothing. He's not an equal and opposite force. He's just no match. He's a created being a fallen created being, God is the Almighty. He's our Father. So what He said is what we need to say. Because He knows way more than we. You try, to, you try to match wits with the devil, you'll lose. In the natural. You try to, mind, you try to play mind games, you'll lose. You try to get mad and say, well, but this and that. Don't argue. Just say the word. My God will supply. My God, my Father, He'll supply all my needs. You can personalize it. My need. According to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Matthew 7, verse 7. Let's go ahead and uh, look at that. Matthew 7, verse 7. God is faithful. He is on the throne. He is real. He is present. Heaven is a real place. He is there right now. God the Father, God the Son are there. God the Holy Spirit is on the earth. He's with us. He's among us. He's here right now. The power that created the heavens and the earth is here. He's in you. If you're a Christian, He's in you. He's in me. And He is upon. He's manifesting right now. Upon. The anointing to preach and teach right now. We're under the anointing right now, whether you realize it or not. The teaching, the quickening inside you, that's the anointing. Illuminating your mind, illuminating your heart, illuminating our understanding, I should say our. He's real. There's a place called heaven right now. You just can't see it. It's in a different realm. But it's real. 
And our Father resides there. He sits on the throne. And He's the one we're talking about. He's our Father. We need to, I believe today will we'll come up in our, our understanding a bit in Him being our Father. He's not just some God out in the distance. He is our Father. And He loves us and He will take care of us. He is our source. How many of you need, think we need, we can all come up in this area, and how many of you think we need to know this in this day and age? You're not to fend for yourself. We're not to run around like the nations of the world, like the Bible said, the Gentiles, those without God, wondering where they're going to get everything as if they don't have a father. We're to act and believe that we have a Father in heaven, the Almighty, that will take care of us. It says here, Matthew 7, verse 7, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be open. What man is there who among you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? Now what's the understood answers to these? Verse 9, what man is there among you who, if his son asks for a bread? We're talking about a good father. His son comes up and says, Daddy, can I have a piece of bread? He gives him a rock. Can you, a good father, can you even see that happening? No. And that's what he's saying. Is there a man among you? The answer is no. There's, there's no man among you that would do that. Verse 10, or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? You know, here's a rattlesnake. Asks you for a fish to eat, and he gives you poison. Or just even non-poison. I mean, enough just to give him a snake without the poison is bad enough, right? No. They're not going to do that. Verse 11, if you then, being evil or natural, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask Him? He said, how much more? We need mind renewal here. I'm not talking about religion. I'm not talking about you quoting a bunch of scriptures with your head. I'm talking about in the face of life, we are confident that this is true. If we can imagine a heavenly father being good, we need to know our, our, our if, if we imagine our earthly father being good, we need to know that our heavenly father is much more willing to give good things. And he's real. He's not some, well, I, that'd be great if it was true. No, he's, it's real now. Here. In the Amplified, verse 11, Matthew 7, verse 11 says, If you then, evil as you are, know how to give good and advantageous gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven, perfect as he is, Give good and advantageous things to those who keep on asking. Now, now I'm not going to get off on this, but that's that right there, the keep on asking, that's inserted, okay? When you see, you got to watch certain things. Um, I'll just insert this since it said it, since I, I mentioned it, you can see that. There is this idea that somehow if you beg God, He'll do something. 
And, they, and you will see, you got to watch. You have to watch uh, when you're reading the Bible, especially with paraphr paraphrases or, or uh, versions that are... Um, well, you have, you have versions that are translations word for word for like the King James and the New King James. You have thought for thought, which is like the NIV. Then you have uh, stuff that they're just paraphrases. That means by definition, a paraphrase is somebody taking how they understand something and translating it so they believe you can understand it. What you have to watch is there's a lot of doctrine that has uh, uh, this idea that if you just keep on begging God, he's going to do something. That's not biblical. Now, I'm not going to teach on this right now, but I am going to insert it. Because we did study it in, at Ramah. That word, there's a different place where it said, um, if, uh, if a person comes to a, a man at night, you know, he's already gotten into bed and he asked for, I think it was bread or something, and he asked for bread, and he said, I, I say to you, you have to watch the way it's translated. It says, I, he won't give it just because he asked, but because of his... And they'll say, because he kept asking, then he'll get up and give him the, the, the bread. Here, you could see the same thing where it's saying, well, he'll give to those who keep on asking. The word that's translated there is, it means boldness. It means importunity. It, it doesn't necessarily mean you just keep on asking. It means because of the guy's boldness, the fact that he would come in the middle of the night and ask, it will be done for him, not because he kept asking and asking and asking and asking. It's the same thing here. So this is the Amplified. I really like the Amplified Classic. This is the Amplified Classic. Now they have a new one. I don't know why they made a new one, but they have a new one. I don't really look at that much. I like this one. But... Again, it's bringing out things in a lot of places. It's good. Here, if you go back, I'm just going to touch on this since we're here, but go back to verse 11 in the New King James. This is, this does have to do with what we're talking about, though, because you need to know God's a good Father, and you don't have to beg Him to get you to take care of Him, take care of you. If you think that, well, I begged him enough and then he'll take care of me, that means somebody else maybe begged him more, he's being taken care of, I just don't know if I'll be taken care of. We need to erase that thought. It's religion. It's like a beggar. I'm telling you, if you have to beg your father for something all the time, there was something wrong. For your needs? That's not right. What does it say in the New King James? It says, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? That's it. Those who ask him. It doesn't say keep on asking. It doesn't say beg him. All right? Now, just, we'll move on. Verse, uh, now, but I'm bringing out other things. We use these versions to kind of bring out uh, some of the nuances. And as long as they line up with, uh, you know, the, the, the translations that would be really just what the Bible actually says, then that's good. But, you know, sometimes there's good and bad in both of them. So uh, Matthew 7, both, I mean, the, the, different, the different paraphrases. Matthew 7, 11 in the, the Passion Translation. Matthew 7, 11, the Passion Translation. Again, this is a paraphrase, but it says, If you imperfect as you are. See, it's, it's not talking about you really being evil, but you're, you're fallen. I mean, you, you know, you, you're not perfect. Okay, did everybody acknowledge that? You don't have to raise your hand. I know you are. I am too. We're not, we're not perfect. So if we're not perfect, but we know how to love, it says, if you, imperfect as you are, know how to lovingly take care of your children, 
and give them what's best, how much more ready is your heavenly Father to give wonderful gifts, gifts to those who ask Him? If you, as a natural person, know how to love your kids and give them what's best, how much more your heavenly Father gives wonderful gifts to those who ask Him? Much more. If we know how, as just earthly parents, as an earthly dad, we can recognize when somebody's being a good parent, good father, and we know in ourselves what we're striving for, then how much more God who is perfect that He's better. He wouldn't be reversed, because some people's, uh, we have to watch it, because religion will give you the idea that God is not a good father. They don't say it like that. They'll say on one, time, on one hand, He's a good, good father, but He might kill you. And it'd be for your own good. He might take out your, your daughter or your son, but we don't know why. I'm talking like this is the way some people... I'm not making fun, okay? But this is a doctrine of the devil. And we have to stamp it out because it has affected the church. The church has this idea that, well, you know, God, God bless His name. He's so great. We don't know why he took this little girl, and they'll say he took this little girl, but we know it was for a reason, and we know it'll work together for good. They quote that scripture like that's what it's talking about. You, if we have that idea, you're going to God as your father, you just don't know if the next step is going to be your demise. And you'll be told it's because it's, it's for your own good. And you're suffering something. Now, let's just equate that, in, given this context, with a natural father. That does not hold up whatsoever. Natural father loves his kid, but, you know, might break his arm next minute because, you know, it's just best for him. You know where that guy's going to end up? In jail. If we can recognize that with a natural person, and it says how much more your heavenly father is going to give good gifts, if we can recognize that that is wrong behavior, no good father would ever do that, why would we ascribe that type of behavior to God? That's a lie. Can you see that's a lie from the pit of hell? I love God. I'm serving Him with all my heart. I just don't know if He'll really take care of me because, you know, I might have missed it here and there. That is a lie. We need mind renewal. You, it's, you don't know. The thought is you don't know if God will really take care of you. Well, will a good daddy take care of his child? Well, yeah, yeah, but God was the but about. It's because religion has come in and ascribed a bunch of junk to God that was never him in the first place. There is a devil. There's a devil. He's come to steal, kill, and destroy. It's not God. We need to know that in the face of all circumstance, anything that would come against, anything bad, God is behind us and for us. Now, if, if we're in sin, if we're doing something we know is wrong, I'm saying your conscience is bothering you, then you need to, we, we need to take care of that. Okay? But, if, 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 but just because you're going through life and you come up against a hard thing, the devil will tell you, well, you don't know if God's you know, orchestrating this. No, we need to put that behind us so that we realize when we're coming through life that we go up against a, a problem and we know God is with us and for us and boldly say, I'm coming over. And get rid of the timidity that is, well, I just don't know if he's going to help me. I don't know if he's going to help me. I don't know if it's going to 
you know, did I go into this mode? Did I do something wrong? Where did I miss it? This has happened, so where did I open the door? Well, if you don't, you know. Don't try to make something up. Don't look too hard. If you, we just look in our conscience. We know if we're missing it, we're missing it. But there's so many things that come up in life, and then we, we start looking for something that I did wrong to cause this. You don't have to do anything wrong. We live in a fallen world. It's not perfect. And we need to know in spite, in the face of every trial, we overcome. Now, to do that, we need to know, be secure, and God is our Father. He's my source. He's going to take care of me, period. Now, we need to cooperate with what He has laid down in His Word, but you don't have to do it perfectly. We need to have our heart after Him, and we'll get into some of those things. We need to, if He's told us to do something, we just do it like a kid would do it. Say, okay, Daddy, that's what we're going to do. But you don't have to work stuff up. You just have to follow Him. And he'll take care of you. Amen? We don't have to act like the world acts. No, no father. They have a father. His name is Satan, and he's not a good father. Jesus himself said, you're of your father the devil, talking to the religious leaders. And sometimes that's the way Christians got, get it. If we're not careful, we let that thinking get in, and we think, oh, how am I going to be taken care of? That's acting like God didn't mean what he said. Let's read some more scripture. We need some more scripture on this. You don't need my opinion. We want to be sure we're, we're covering the word. 1 Timothy 6, 17. <clears throat> you don't have to turn there. We'll just, because um, we're going to go back to Matthew. But 1 Timothy 6, 17 says, Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. I want you to notice that's the part I want you to get there. Don't trust in, you know, people say, well, if I had more here or here. No, no, don't trust in that. We trust in the living God who is our Father, who gives us all things, gives us richly all things to enjoy. You know God wants us to enjoy life? Amen. It's not chaos all the time. It's not drama all the time. It is, he wants us to enjoy life. Yes, we live in a fallen world, but we can still enjoy life knowing that this life is temporal and knowing that given, regardless of what we're going through, he has good things for us. His will all the time is for our good. Period. All the, always. Amen? In other words, we don't have to wonder, oh no, this is happening. Is God, God going to come through? We already know the answer to that. He wants our good. He gives us all things rich, all, He gives us richly all things to enjoy. Just read that phrase and don't take religious glasses off and just look at that. He gives us richly all things to enjoy. Does that sound like catastrophe? No. Does that sound really hard and rigid? All richly, all things to enjoy. What is that? That's lavish. That's like, that's like a grandpa with his little uh, granddaughter, grandson going, Hey, you want more? Here, here, here. You want, hey. Not, well, did you do this? Did you do that? 
I mean, there's a time for discipline, don't get me wrong, but we have this idea sometimes of God from religion that He is so stingy and hard and legalistic, and that's not Him. This is not Him. Can He be hard? Look at the places He was hard in the Bible. It's with disobedient people. Yeah, he can be hard. You don't want to be on the wrong side. Yes, we have grace. Thank God for grace. But look in the New Testament. There were things that happened in the New Testament where there was judgment, okay? But who did it happen to? Just somebody walking down the street, their heart all full of, you know, love toward God, doing everything they know to do, and he zapped them? No. That's not the case. That's what religion would tell you. The people are people that are fighting against God. Moral of the story, don't fight against Him. Do what you know to do. That's it. If If your heart is after Him and you do what you know, you can only do what you see. If you're responsible for everything on the earth, all knowledge, we're all done. You're responsible for what you see and know. Amen? And that's going to come up over time. It's going to grow over time. You're going to see more and more. Can anybody, you can raise your hand on this one. Do, do you, hopefully you raise your hand, but you don't have to. Do you know more today than you did five years ago? We should. We should know more than a year ago. And I expect if Jesus doesn't come back and we keep living, I'm going to know and be further in five years than I am today. Does everybody, do you have the hope that that will be the case with you? You will look back on yourself five years or now, five years from now, and you'll be like, I was doing the best I knew how, but I didn't see what I know now, right? But God can still bless you right now. If he can't, we're all done. You know, let's pack it up now because, and in five years, we're not going to be perfect, right? In 10 years, we're not going to be, we're not going to know everything. The Bible says so, but he can bless us today. Now, so we don't have to worry about him pushing against us. Just you don't want to be in opposition. You don't want to mess with going to see how, what all you can get away. If we know, then we do what he tells us to do. Go forward and we're good. We can fully be confident he's going to take care of me. If he needs to tell me something, he'll get it across to me. He'll show me. And if, he, if I'm not getting it, He'll bring people across my path. He'll send somebody, because if I'm open and he's a good daddy, what else would a good daddy do? Well, they don't see it, but I'm not going to tell them. Really? (laughs) They're headed in the street, but you know, they're four. I told them. I told them four times. We'll see. I hope the the car doesn't hit them. Look, honey, let's see. Really? Again, uh, somebody like that could get put in jail. That's why we act like with God. Well, you know, I know I did. I tried God. I tried. I mean, I'm trying. I mean, we act like, like beggars. We act like we are uh, in illegitimate kids that are not loved at all. The religious, because religious has taught us, you just come to God and you just beg. No, we have been made children of Almighty God because of what Jesus did. And He loves us. And if we're not getting it, just like a good daddy would say, hey, you're not getting it. I love you. Hey, now, a stubborn child that's rebellion, rebelling, you have to be tr- hard on them. And if they are really for their own good, you know, going against you, you may have to get rough. But think about it. That's the person that's rebelling. 
Not the person that's, you don't slap a kid upside his head because he's just trying so hard. That again, that's wrong. He's just trying so hard, but he doesn't see it. A good father, a good leader would take him in if they had, if they had to take more time, if they had to bring somebody across, they would help him. So we need to stamp out this idea that somehow if I'm following God, I'm doing what I know to do. Yes, we got to walk in the light we know. As we see light, we walk in it. And he'll help us. And as we do, he'll take care of us. No, he's not the one that's going to come and just, uh, just knock people in the head just because when they're doing what they know to do. That's the devil. So that means if something rises up in our life that's like that, you know what we do? We go against it. and We don't try to see, well, is this God? Is this you? We go against it and know that God's behind us. And go through. And go over. Fully confident my Father is helping me and He'll get me out of this mess. He'll help me. We're going over. Secure in Him. Matthew 6, verse 7, says, When you pray, now this was the whole thing before, he's talking about the hypocrites, and right after this, he's talking about the Lord's Prayer. But I just wanted you to see this, verse 7, And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do. Again, say it, you know, I'm going to say this prayer 30 times, 50 times, and then once I reach this threshold, somehow my prayer will be answered. That is heathen. That's like people without God. That's not a relationship. That's not a daddy. That's not God the Father. It says, when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Isn't that, that's, that goes along right with what we were saying earlier. It's not because you're repeating it over and over. That's acting like God is just, you know, hard of hearing or just malicious or just, you know, playing with you. That's not true. It says, verse 8, Therefore do not be like them. For your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask Him. Our Father already knows what we need. We said that, it said that in Matthew when we read it in chapter 6. He knows, he knows that the Gentiles, that the people without God are seeking all these things. He knows you need them. He's not oblivious. He knows that we need him. He's a good father. Psalm 103, verse 13. You don't have to turn there. But let's put it up on the screen. Psalm 103, verse 13. says, as a father pities his children. Now that means to have compassion on. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. Now when we see the word pity... You know, it's like Mr. T, I pity the fool. It's, we, don't, we don't use the word pity like this. But what that means is, if you can go back to verse 13, as a father pities, we'll look at a couple translations here, but as a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. When, uh, one person brought this out. That word pities is like if you had, uh, you know, a pet, you know, dog or cat on your, on your lap and you're petting him. That's like what that means. You're just caressing him and, and taking care of him. That's what it means. As a father pities his children, you know you just are hugging a child. 
and just, you know, on their hair or whatever, just caressing them. That's what that means. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. Notice that again. Those who fear, that doesn't mean you're running away from him. That means you reverence him. He takes care of, he loves you, caresses you lovingly, holds you, those who fear him. Those who are saying, God, I, I want to serve you. I'm after you. Everything, I'm going after you. The Lord, it says the Lord, he loves you. He takes care of you. You see that? It says here uh, in the NIV, it says, verse 13, As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. In the Passion Translation, it says, The same way a loving father feels toward his children, that's but a sample of your tender feelings toward us, your beloved children who live in awe of you. We need mind renewal. We need to think of God this way. This is who he is, and this is his relationship with us. Amen. Romans 4, 4 or 8, 14. Now we're talking about, you know, in the greater context, we're talking about God as our source. Now we're focusing on God as our Father in that context. We need to understand, if, if you're going to trust somebody as your source, we need to know something about them and how they see us. If you're going to trust your livelihood to, to somebody, you know, not that we're not supposed to do this, and we're talking about God being our source, but if you were to say, just naturally speaking, okay, you're dependent on this person, and you don't know them, how comfortable would you be? Well, do they have the resources? Do they, do they like me? What, what is their intent? We need to understand the one that we're trusting as our source, as the one... We're talking about material. That'll take care of us. He takes care of us in every area, but we're focusing on the material in this world. He loves us, and He's our Father, and He has compassion on us. This hardness is not for His children, not for those that, that fall after Him. He, all His resources, His love, He's proved it through Jesus, and His resources are toward us to, keep, to take care of us. Here it says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. These are the sons, daughters, you could say. This is generic. Everything's so politically correct now. Like, good night. Just heard of something being rewritten because, you know, they, they, they got to take the, something old. You know, I can't remember what it was. There's somebody was mentioning something. They got to rewrite it to make it so that it's, it's not just referring to just something neutral like this. This is masculine. Well, it's referring to sons and daughters. It's referring to the mankind. Sons in general. Includes daughters too. Crazy. Anyway, um, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by, who, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. That means Daddy. 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 See, we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. We haven't received the spirit that's like, well, I'm afraid. I don't know. I'm in the family, but what is God going to do? I don't know. And he's not going to take care of me, but I know somehow it's for my own good, but I'm just trying to learn something from this. I just don't know, but I love him and I bless him. No, that's all religion. 
This is, I received the spirit of bondage, and I haven't received the, the spirit of bondage into fear. I haven't received that spirit, but I've received the spirit of adoption. We've been adopted into the family of God, and even though we haven't done everything perfect, God himself, by the blood of Jesus, made us right, put us in the family of God, and because of what Jesus did, he has the right to pour out his riches and compassion on us. Don't look at what you've done and haven't done. We look at what Jesus has done and what he's paid for. So right now, we can, we can receive from him. Now, there are things that we need to cooperate with him. But again, we're talking about cooperating. It's just doing what he said. Just saying, Lord, okay, you said, all right, I trust you. All right, that's it. It's not working it up. So, well, you're putting a bondage on me. No, no, it's not bondage just to follow his instruction. Come on. Because he's not unjust. So we need to get content that if we're doing what we know to do, be honest with ourselves. If he tells us to do it. You know, if it was a child and you're saying, son, daughter, do this. Well, no, I'm not going to do that. They're not going to receive. They're not going to experience the same blessing as a child that's going to say, okay, yes, sir. But all they have to do is say, okay, yes, sir. That's it. Change in attitude, that's it. People have made it real hard, like, well, you've got to do all this, and, you know, if, if there's anything on me, that's just too hard. It's got to be all God. Well, it's not all God. It's us just, it's just, just cooperating with Him. But let's not make it way over here hard. Let's just say, Lord, everything I know, I'm following you. If there's something I'm missing, Lord, you show me, but I'm doing what I know to do, and I'm going up, and then you just go into expect and believe mode. Trust. Verse 16, the spirit, well, let's read that verse again. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage, again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. The power, the, the, the uh, spirit of God is inside us, bearing witness with our spirit that we're a child of God. We ought to be aware that we are children of God. We ought to go into a room thinking, I'm a child of God. I go into a meeting not going, well, I don't know, who are these people and what are they thinking? You ought to go in the room thinking, I'm a child of God. Not in a haughty way, but I'm a child of God. I, I, with all due respect, I, I don't care who these people are because I have the Spirit of God on the inside of me, and He will take care of me. Instead of looking at, yes, you want to be prepared for meetings. Yes, you want to be prepared for your job. But we're not trusting in us to bring us across, get us by, because that's just like the world. I'm going to do what I know to do, but I'm also going to trust the greater one that he's working on my behalf on the other person, and he'll bring thoughts to their head. He'll give me favor. I'll talk, I'll, I'm talking to them, and my daddy is, is whispering to them. That's a good idea. You ought to go with them. Amen. He is the Almighty. He loves us. We act like somehow we got to get twist his arm to get him to do what he already said he'd do. No. Walk into a room going, bless God. God Almighty is with me. That'll change the way you walk into the room. Hallelujah. Brother Hagen gave this uh, illustration. He talked about this lady that came up. Um, and she was after in a, in, a, in a line, and she was just so afraid, and she just said, I want, I want you to pray that, you know, I'll do well at work, and everybody will treat me nice. And, and she, he was like, uh, I'll tell you what you're doing. 
And he said, you're going, uh, going in and you're, you're afraid of these people and you're thinking, you know, they don't like you and they're, they're thinking you're, because you're a Christian and, and, and who you are, that they don't like you and you're going in there scared and they're talking about you and stuff, but you're going in there just, you don't, you don't feel comfortable at all. And she goes, how did you know that? He said, because of the, what you're saying, because of the outcome. He said, do this. If you'll be aware of who you are in Christ Jesus, if you'll be aware of the greater one on the inside of you, when you go in, you'll go in there with a different step. You'll go in there with a different presence, and that will, it will change. Those people will treat you different because you're different because you're aware of God. And she said she did, came back and said it worked out just like you said it would. Sometimes we're blaming other people thinking, well, they just don't treat me well. The fact is, we aren't secure. We don't know who we are. And so we're giving off a vibe that, well, I, you're, you know, I'm probably nothing anyway. And they, they treat us like nothing. But if we're secure in who our Father is and who we are in relation to Him, and we know He's going to take care of me. I'm not looking to you to take care of me. You're not my source. So if it's not you, it's going to be somebody else that it's going to come through. But I'll tell you what, God's taking care of me. That's, so, that's our attitude we ought to be. Going into something, we don't look to a man. We don't look to somebody pulling on them. Well, if you don't come through, I just don't know, don't know what's going to happen. Because, we, we, you know, could you work with me? That, that is repulsive. But if we go in going, you know what? You're a person. You have an opportunity to work with me. We do excellent work. And God's with me. And you don't have to say all that. This is, I'm saying, the attitude on the inside. Hey, God is for me, and he'll meet my needs. I'm a partner with him. He's going to take care of me. So if it's you want, that we're going to get involved with, fine. But if it's not you, be somebody else. But you better get in if you know what's good for you. That's a different attitude. How would you get there? Cocky? No. You're confident that God, your Father, loves you and He'll take care of you and you're not looking to a man. You're not looking to another person, organization, anything. You're looking to Him and you know who you are and you know God is not going to fail you. Hallelujah. He bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Verse 17, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're heirs. What's an heir? You're the beneficiary. Who's our daddy? God Almighty. He has all resources. The Bible says we're heirs. What's an heir? If you're an heir, you have something coming to you. Oh, well, that's natural. No, God is real. There is a throne. These resources on the earth, they're here and they're not for the devil and his bunch. God will work with us to make sure every need is met if we'll look to him. We're heirs, joint heirs with Christ. Does Jesus deserve it? Yeah, well, we're righteous in him. So if we just hook up with him and say, well, I might not deserve it myself, but he deserves it and I'm a joint heir. So here we go. I expect it. Hallelujah. Heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ. Hallelujah. God is good. Thank you, Lord. Let's read one more. Colossians 1 verse 9. 
Colossians 1 verse 9 says, For this reason also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to His glorious power for all patience and long-suffering with joy. Verse 12, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has qualified us. Who? The Father through the Lord Jesus. If you can go back to verse 12. The Father has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance. We're qualified. Everybody say qualified. qualified. Of the inheritance. To be partakers of the inheritance. Hallelujah. We are qualified. Verse 13. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. See, we were in that other kingdom, but we have been conveyed out. Now we are in the kingdom of heaven. He is our daddy. He is our father. All His resources are at our disposal as we obey Him. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. See, Satan, we, we live in a fallen world, but Satan does not have power over us. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. We have redemption. We're in the family. We're in the kingdom of the Son of His love. We are residents well, we're, we're uh, citizens of heaven. We're just not there. We're not physically there, but we're citizens. We're in the family. God is all-powerful, and He's our very own Father. And He said, if you be a natural, if you be an earthly people, know how to treat your kids good, don't you think I know how to treat my kids? Quit worrying. Enjoy life. Look at me as your source, he's saying. If I've clothed the lilies who are burned up tomorrow, if I take care of these birds, aren't you more valuable? And we need to be, have a resounding, yes, Father, I am more valuable. You, you have purchased me at a very high price. I believe it. So all that doubt and all that fear, I'm done with it. I look to you. You'll take care of me. Let's enjoy life. Hallelujah. Praise God. Why don't you go ahead and stand?